Good morning, good morning. Here we are again. <laughs> good morning and welcome to Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. This is Dr. Brenda Shoshana. Very, very happy to be here greeting you on a, co on a cold morning. <laughs> beautiful coldness, beautiful warmth, beautiful morning. We're alive. We're here to taste it all. So here I am, and here you are, and we're listening together, one mind, one heart, listening together. Today's um, episode is called Feeding Others We Are Fed. <clears throat> I love, love, love that quote, Feeding Others We Are Fed. And the subtitle of the talk is Climbing Out of the Craving trap. That's interesting, actually, very interesting. Feeding, being fed, and craving, 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 more and more and more. And Zazen and Zen practice actually comes to put an end to cravings. That alone, that alone gives us such a full, satisfied, beautiful life. Most of us live our lives bathed in craving. I want more this isn't enough. Or if we get something, we want it again and again and again. The craving begins. Very interesting. No blame, by the way, attached here. We're just looking at how we are, how we're wired, what the conditioning or the karma, call it what you like, is. You know, we all want so much from ourselves and from others. Some would say this is the natural condition of being human. We come in wanting. We want my mother to hold us. We want to be heard. We want to be touched. We want to be loved, for sure, <laughs> which is the biggest koan of all. Actually, I'm going to dedicate a whole new podcast to love, <laughs> but that's another topic. Let's stay on this for now. Um, <clears throat> the mind naturally, naturally focuses on what we want and what we don't have. And in a sense, this is a way to keep us healthy, alive, and well. It's like an animal always looking for food <laughs> because we don't want to starve. We want to sustain our lives and be well. And of course, that's a very fine and wonderful motivation. On the other hand, it's not in balance takes over and it gets us out of whack so that we actually don't sustain our lives well. It has the opposite effect. If we're constantly focusing on what's wrong, what's missing, what we don't have, what we need, we can't really enjoy the life that we have right now. And we don't even realize what we do have, what is available, or what our true needs are. So the mind that is wanting, 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 it's always looking for ways to fill up these empty parts. And no matter how much we have or are given, uh, there's a sense of lack, of poverty, or of loneliness that many live with. That sense easily invades our lives. One minute we could feel full, but then it hits us. How long will this fullness last? When will I get my next feeding? Like that. So the, our persistent focus upon ourselves, upon what we need, what's missing, 
becomes a craving then for more and more. And rather than enjoy and delight in the feast of life, we live with a struggle for constant nourishment. And, and, and I, I will repeat that phrase, the feast of life. It is a feast. There's no end to every moment to what we're given. Endless experiences, endless breaths. There's no lack of breath, no lack of air. Endless opportunities, but we don't even see them. We're not even available to that. We're just hungry, hungry, hungry. Focusing upon only ourselves and upon what we need now. You know, our very sense of self, our intrinsic value, very often arises from what we're given and how others respond to us. Do they like me? Am I being recognized? Am I being valued? Are they responding to my invitation? While this sense is hardwired into our nature, it's also the source of great, great suffering and pain. Because this, our innate sense, self-centered, we're always centering on ourselves, me, me, me. How am I doing? How am I feeling? What am I receiving? That kind of focus is a trap. It's a tremendous trap. And it keeps us more and more away from the goodness and the fullness that we're longing for. Zen practice and turns that around. It turns takes us out of that trap. It's a very interesting, very interesting how we can really leave that trap rather easily. That's what I love about this practice. Very easy, simple solutions, very simple. Very hard to do because they're so simple. We're wired again for complexity and complication and so forth. This is a very simple practice. Somebody once said to me, even a kindergartner can do it. And I said, absolutely. In fact, it's perfect for kindergartners. They're wonderful at it. Wonderful. I once gave a little Zen class for one of my grandchildren in the third grade, and the children adored it. They jumped up on the window, so they were so excited to sit. I gave them a little koan. They all very quickly had beautiful, beautiful answers. Beautiful. Fresh, spontaneous, fun. And I thought, wow, this these answers the way to climb out of the trap, it's also hardwired into our being. It is there. But nobody wants to go back to kindergarten. (laughs) Nobody wants to be a third grader. We want to be important, graduate with many, many degrees. And of course, Zen practice takes us back to kindergarten, to all the things that we didn't really learn there and that we didn't do there properly. I don't mean properly in good and bad, but we didn't get it. Many of us didn't get a chance. Maybe we weren't in kindergarten long enough. We didn't play long enough. We didn't relish or we weren't allowed to be children in the very best sense of the word. I don't mean children in the sense of helpless. I mean childlike, open, not complicated, in touch with our inner self, able to play. So anyway, going back to this feeding others we are fed and the trap of cravings that we are often trapped in, 
A wonderful grade Zen teacher, Uchiyama Roshi, turns it around. He gives us a wonderful teaching, which is a practice. All the Zen teachings are practical. They're practices in which he says, feeding others, we are fed. Simple. So beautiful. Feeding others, we are fed. It's completely true. What he's saying is, if you're so hungry... Instead of focusing, focusing on your hunger, your hunger, prepare a meal for someone else, for others. If you're lonely, find someone who needs companionship. Offer companionship to someone else. Make that call. Offer a smile. Sit down with someone and really listen. Very simple. The very act of giving, with nothing wanted in return, of course, not not giving to get, but just giving, it puts us in touch with all that we have, with all the warmth, the compassion, and the tremendous kindness we all have within. When we're in touch with this, how can we be empty, lonely, and forlorn? We cannot. <laughs> Rather than be focused on the ways in which we have been disappointed, let down, shortchanged, duped, all these things, we're always dwelling on that. But rather than that, if we're focusing on what we can give to another, our entire life immediately turns around. That day turns around. Another beautiful koan which expresses this was given by another wonderful Zen teacher, Joko Beck. She's not with us in the body any longer. Also another great Zen. We've had so many great Zen teachers, so many, and and teachers in all traditions, in all traditions. And her koan, as she put it, was very simple. When you meet someone, rather than what am I going to get from you? How am I measuring up? The koan was, how may I serve you? Mm, I loved when she said that. So so simple again. Just turn it around. How may I serve you? You know, in Zen practice, when we put our hands together in Gasha, when we bow, in a sense, we're saying that. How may I serve you? Or thank you for being here in my world for this moment. Or I honor the divine, the beauty within you and me and bust. I honor you. So how can I serve another when I'm feeling so empty and forlorn, many people would say. I spent many years uh, working as a therapist, and I heard this psychologist, I heard this over and over again. Well, I have to take care of myself first, or I'll have nothing to give to another. You hear this a lot. And in one sense, there's, of course, truth to that. They say, where am I going to get my juice from if I'm just giving or looking after another? That's a very interesting koan right here, too. Because embedded in this question is, where does your juice come from? (laughs) What gives us the juice to go forth and to serve another or to offer to them what we need ourselves? Where does that juice come from? Most of us think again, well, I have to juice up. I have to just take care of me. Too bad about you. I have to just look after the one here, this one here. 
When we dwell upon it, though, when we turn it around, you could just try practicing this for yourself. I'm not asking anybody to believe anything I say, but take it for checking. Practice it yourself. When we offer to another, we see that the juice is already here. It's already within us. There's tons of juice. <laughs> what is taking that juice away is our dwelling. Oh, I don't have this. I don't have that. It's our self-centered focus, our dwelling upon ourselves and our own emptiness and all that went wrong. That is what's taking away our natural juice. So as we remove our focus from what we're missing to what we can give, the juice just flows. There it is. Where did this come from? It just flows. It's all there. And it flows not only to others, but inevitably we are the beneficiaries of this as well. Inevitably. If you're busy giving to someone else, it, it, you're filled with you're filled with the love, you're filled with the concern, you're filled with the attention, you're filled with the juice. What we give, when we give without looking for a specific return, always, 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 always is given to the other and to ourselves. Because actually, when we're in that state of mind, we it's easy to see that the other is ourselves. We're one. We're giving to ourselves all the time. That's a very special moment to realize that. A very powerful moment, a very beautiful moment. It comes to us, and then it sometimes subsides. It does subside. So by practicing giving and practicing this change of focus, that sense of oneness returns and returns. And as it does, the feeling of emptiness or loneliness or whatever else disappears. Because what we're truly wanting and seeking isn't necessarily material items or food or praise. It's the sense of oneness, of being connected, not being alone. That's a whole other topic, but it's all embedded in the one right here now as well. So I'm looking and I'm noticing that it's coming close to the end of this podcast for today. And I like to offer a little exercise as usual um, so we can help take this material and actually live it. And it's very easy to live it which is what I love about Zen, make the teachings into our flesh and bones, into our daily encounters. It's a wonderful way to live. Wonderful. Wonderful. So today, just take a moment and see what it is you're longing for, where you feel you've been let down, someone really dissed you or didn't give you what you felt you deserved or needed or expected, whatever. And see if you could just for today, let that go. Forget about it. And turn, turn your focus around. What can you give another? Who is it out there who is needing something that you have to provide? Just pick one person and see how you could make that person's day beautiful. Just turn it around. Is it a phone call? Is it a walk in the park? Whatever it might be, just be there for them thoroughly. 
be there for them thoroughly and see what happens to you and to your day as well. So we're coming to the end for today of our podcast. Uh, the, the URL for this podcast and others is www.zenwisdomtoday.com. It's so, it's really wonderful to be with you. And thank you for the, so many beautiful emails. I just love being in touch with you. You can reach me at toptopspeaker at yahoo.com. I'm here to answer and to discuss and to talk and to question. I'm here for you. And again, I would like, I'll be on February 26th, Sunday morning. I'll be at Malloy College in Rockville Center offering another wonderful Zen talk uh, and interaction there. That's Sunday morning, early, 8.30 in the morning till 10 o'clock. We start at 8.30 and we go till 10. That's right. We may go a little longer this particular um, Sunday. I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, So thank you again, and I hope that you have a truly beautiful and wonderful week. I'll have some wonderful, exciting announcements next week about a second podcast. Never going to stop this one. I love doing this one, but I'm going to offer another one on relationships. And I want to do that because it's something that's so vital, looking at them through a Zen eye, and I may call it looking through the eyes of love which would include a real exploration of what love is. Anyway, that's for, that's for a little later. Thank you again, and have a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful day.